Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. Um, how about that music, huh, Brian? That's good, huh? Yeah, I, I'm more impressed. You nailed the intro right there, coming right out of the music. I, I, yeah, I'm slowly learning. It's only taken four seasons to learn how to come out of an intro. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this. This is season four, episode 17 of IntelliCast. Um, reach us at IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. Follow us on Twitter, on EMI underscore research or in Telecast One. We're also on LinkedIn. You can follow us on LinkedIn, and you can leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. Big episode today. Lots of news, huh, Brian? Yep, there is. But before we jump into the news, um, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk more current event, or I guess it's a news story, but not a market research news story. Um, okay. News story came out today that here in the southwest Ohio area, Kroger is testing delivery drones for groceries figured yeah. we'd talk about that i saw that story mainly because it's at the kroger 10 minutes from my house not the one i go to because there's like four around here but yeah. it's right near me i don't like it i don't like the idea at all i don't like drones delivering stuff there's a whole i have a whole lot of questions yeah i mean i guess this was inevitable i mean this was inevitable prior to covid and now yeah. Things have advanced with deliveries and touchless and that kind of stuff. I guess it was inevitable. It's weird. I don't know. Is this one of those things like in 20 years, like people will be like, how did we survive before drone deliveries? Um, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't get much delivered anyway. I mean, I get my Amazon obviously delivered, but I don't get like a lot of food or groceries delivered. Yeah. Uh, I, I ha So I guess it goes back to thinking like, hey, I get mad now when my prime takes more than two days where you go back five, six years. Yeah. You waited for a week on delivery and you were fine with that. Right. Yep. I don't know. It's weird though. I get the Amazon delivering with drones. Cause Oh, I'm ordering this DVD. I'm ordering whatever, a phone case, this, that that's light stuff. You're only ordering one or two things. It's getting delivered. Cool. Whatever. It makes more sense in larger cities like New York, Chicago, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm not sure. How is this Kroger thing going to work? Cause yeah, is there a weight limit? Yeah. Is it an item limit, weight limit? If you, I, I can't imagine I'm going to do my $200 load grocery load and ordering that to deliver it on a drone. I'm going to have a fleet of drones being de delivering my stuff. Yeah. Well, like a, you know, like a jumbo size of, laun of laundry detergent. Will that work on a drone? I don't know. What about the what about the big size of toilet paper or paper towels? Well, is that a size limit on what you can order to? Yeah, like you need like a decent landing zone, I would assume. Yeah. Like, what if it's raining? There's so many. There are a lot of questions. What about what if you have a covered porch? Are they going to deliver it outside the covered porch, or are they going to fly it in? And I know some people have built little delivery locked zones in their house. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that work with a drone? Yeah. I don't know. I have other things too. Like if they're flying, are people going to be able, who has like right of way if they're coming in for a landing on someone's house and you're driving down the street or pulling in the driveway? Like, and say I hit a drone. Well, whose fault is it? Mine or the drones? Because honestly, if I'm in a car, I'm 
I'm going to keep the same idea I have with Canadian geese. I'm not going to speed up, but I'm not going to slow down either. Yeah, you have a deal. Yeah, exactly. And before anybody gets mad, I'm Canadian. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know a lot about this topic, but we'll see. I guess it is a local company. It is a company out of Monroe, so in between where you and I are. Um, in between that Dayton and Cincinnati area, that it has this partnership to do it with Kroger, and they're doing this test run here in Centerville, which is a suburb of Dayton. Okay, it'll it'll need to fill fifty to hundred full time positions. Oh my gosh, there's like Packers, and then there's like driver flyers. What do you call them? Yeah. People? A drone yeah. delivery flyer, a drone pilot. Yeah. I mean, this is how. All those kids playing video games now, like, oh, yep, there's a job. Hey, you're never going to get a job. What are you talking about? I could be a drone pilot now. Right. Yeah, just watch them play a video game. There's your job interview. Yeah. Have to, yeah. Interesting. Play, play Microsoft Flight Simulator. See if you can make it through this. Here's what you need to do. Can you do it? Yep. Okay. You're hired. Oh, here we go. Current weight limit for drone delivery is five pounds. Okay. So you're not getting full grocery loads. You're getting, yeah. oh, I forgot to get the. Oh, I need a box of granola bars, or I yeah. forgot to get this can. I need this item for this recipe. I forgot to go get, and I want to drive all the way there. Delivered within as little as fifteen minutes. Well, now, now I'm kind of getting on board a little bit. See, I, I understand that. I can see it taking off with a certain group. I don't like. I I like lots of things delivered. I mean, we use DoorDash now almost on a weekly basis, but. For grocery shopping, I like going in to the store. I like picking it out. Yeah. I like I don't I don't even like doing the like Kroger like pickup portion because I don't want other people to pick my food. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure I know a few other people that are like this, and I know a lot of other people like Brian that you probably should take some medication for that. No, I like it too, man. I like I love going to the grocery store. Little known fact about me. I enjoy going to the grocery store. Hey. I love it too. That is an hour I get to myself on Sunday mornings. Yeah. The headphones in, catch up on a couple podcasts. Yeah. It's great. And now that you wear a mask, like no one talks to you. Because exactly. no one knows who you are. You're you're kind of incognito. Mask, you put in the you put in the noise canceling headphones. You are in your own little world. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, We've done seven minutes on Kroger drones. Should we jump into market research news? There is a lot of news. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, first up, Confirm It and Focus Vision, the combined company, has rebranded as Forsta. Both the Confirm It and Focus Vision brands will continue to operate under the Forsta brand, though. So they're going to keep those names, but it looks like they've just created a new parent company. Okay. What do you think? Well, I was going to really lay into this. Um, I, I don't like the word Forsta. I think that Focus Vision has a bunch of good brand names, and Confirm it's a good brand name. You know, a lot of these companies that are changing their brand names, they're repositioning because they didn't want to be pigeonholed as like a, you know, a sample company or whatever as they would expand their services. But Focus Vision is a great brand name. Um, but then a listener pointed out to me, which is in the article, I, I should have known this before the listener pointed out to me, but in Norwegian, Forsta means to understand. And so 
you know, it makes sense when you think about the heritage of Norwegian and it connects to their Scandinavian heritage embodies their business purpose. So um, it makes sense, I guess. I'm not a big fan of the word, but, you know, who cares what I think? Well, I like that you have the the listener pointed it out, the back end kind of meaning of it. When yeah. I first saw the name, my my first thought was that sounds like Forza, that racing game from a few years ago. So okay. that, that's what came to my mind first. But what it reads into that they're keeping both Confirmate and Focus Vision as individual brands, they're not really giving up that brand equity they've built with both of those brands. They've kind of gotten a bigger umbrella now, so now they can add additional components, and it doesn't have to be survey programming anymore. They can right. add, whether it's analytics piece, or if they want to add panels, or if they want to go into quals, or anything like that, they can add it and still operate them as that individual brands, not losing those, any potential acquisition brand equity, but still build up under that force to name and build out its own new brand equity. I like it. Right. The other thing I thought when it first launched, I thought maybe they were sitting around and, and saying, Oh, you confirm it and focus vision. You, you've merged. What are you going to do now? And they said, well, first force stuff, we're going to change our name. No, just no. No? All right. No, that was awful. <laughs> All right. Where's oh man. All right. Oh well. But hey, good for them. It sounds like they're trying to continue to keep those companies separate. And you know, we talked about their board having a mixture of focus vision and confirm it members. So we'll see how that goes. But you know. I still think there's gonna be some back end stuff that they're going to merge. It's just that being able to operate those two brands and I think that could be still have that brand equity because you're going to have people who love the confirm it stuff, people who love decipher with focus vision. They're going to, they're going to want to keep that. Yep. So they can say that. And then that kind of opens up the marketplace a little bit. Yep. Cool. All right. Our next story. Ipsos has reported an 8.8% revenue growth in Q1 of 2021. That seems like a big number for Ipsos. Maybe it's just me when I was reading this, but normally when we see these reports, it's down 2%, up 1%. Last year, I'm not going to take that into account because we had that spring where a lot of people were down double digits, but yeah. saying that their revenue is up 8.8% is a big jump. Yes. Um, they talked about compared to the same period versus a year ago, and then they even talked about compared to the same period versus 2019, a 10.5% increase. And then they get into the currency effects, which I I don't understand. I think that they're just playing with us. If I was a shareholder, I wouldn't like it. But this is really good news for Ipsos. And I was thinking, oh, well, we didn't see the impact of really COVID in March, at least in the U.S. But then I thought, well, they're such a global company. They, they definitely saw an impact last March, given I mean, in Europe, it was way ahead of us. And in China, obviously, they probably do a lot of work in China Italy, where the initial markets were. So it's always good uh, when you see big numbers like this. 8.8% um, is a nice number for a giant company. So good news for the industry. Yeah. I mean, putting that into perspective, that's millions upon millions of dollars. Not yes. just, uh, oh, we added another $100,000. We're up 8.8%. No, this is for the company this size. This is a huge jump. Yes. Let's hope it absolutely. continues. At least based with all the other economic news that seems to be coming out where 
you have the Fed saying, hey, we're going to expect a, ser- a period of like rapid growth. I yes. would expect to see these numbers continue for this year, wouldn't you? Absolutely. As, as more companies result release earnings results and you just, you know, a lot of it in marketing research is private companies. You just hear about it and you hear and you kind of see it in the news and how they're hiring when they release it. And clearly the it's a bullish market in marketing research and insights. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, our next story, another big player, Cantar's CEO Alexis Nazard has st- decided to step down only four months after taking the job. Um, In a statement, Kantar said he has decided to step down after a period of discussion with the board, having concluded that the, quote, nature of the Kantar role is not the long-term fit he and the board had anticipated. What do you think? Um, It's certainly a weird move, especially on the heels of the the numerator acquisition for $1.5 billion. I, I don't know what to think about it. It's really odd. Um, to be the CEO of a giant company like Cantar uh, for only a few months. I mean, Eric S- Salomo was there forever, I felt like. Um, and so I, I don't have to think about it. You know, everything, you know, no, there's no negative news. I haven't heard anything negative. All the statements being released were thanking him for his contribution. And so you know, I don't know if anything else happened. I, don't, I really don't know, but it's, it's odd to say the least. But, you know, sometimes it's good. You know, it could be just as easy as, you know, you're not a good fit. Let's just mutually decide us part ways, right? That's probably right. what happened. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. I do have me in a suspicious bit of nature. I'm wondering if both he and the board had different views of what of the future and what that would entail. Yeah. If Very he wanted possible. to go one way and the board wanted to go the other and knowing that yeah, even though you're the CEO, you still your boss is still the board. It's yeah. what they want to do, and if there's not that agreement, I can see why. Hey, this isn't going to be a fit. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, you mentioned Numerator, and they are back in the news. It feels like for the third episode in a row, okay. um, they have launched a new omni-channel market share measurement system for CPGs and retailers called TrueView. Yeah, so some new products kind of coming out. We saw this a couple weeks ago. I guess it was with Focus Vision, something, I guess, somewhat similar. This has been developed to measure in-store, online, and emerging retail channels, helping users evaluate brand performance by brand manufacturers, retailers, and industry and sell-side analysts. It makes sense. You know, Numerator collects a lot of data, and then you add that on to what Kantar knows about shopping and um, in-store and behavior. It's just, it, it makes sense, I think. Um, says they use a consumer source purchase data at scale powered by the company's one plus million household panel. Um, so yeah, makes sense to me. Seems like a good move. Yeah. Um, it seems, is it just me or have we seen a recent rise in this kind of omni channel, omnibus type studies that you can kind of buy into to gather insights over the last, we'll call it six to 12 months. It just seems like I, we've yeah. seen a lot of them. Well, when we talk about the future of insights being data, multiple data sources, I guess the companies are trying to get ahead of it and just packaging it and building a product around it. Um, and so that's what, to me, what TrueView market, TrueView is, um, is taking lots of different data and packaging it. It's, and that will stand out. You know, that's kind of unique, I think, if you do it right and you have some 
if you have unique data like Numerator does, I think that's what's happening. And I think you'll see a lot more of this um, as we start combining lots of different data. So I'm going to pose this out here. I just thought of it. Yeah. Is this going to, is this more of a directional piece overall for the industry? We've heard, we've talked about res tech, but yeah. you also have software as a service kind of model. Is this yeah. more of an insights as a service model? So an IAAS? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can take all these unique assets and put them together, if you have first-party survey data with first-party shopper data, you can combine that into a customer database data along with some – I mean, that to me, that seems like insights as a service. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and if you've booked it as a subscription-based model for pay, yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay. You all heard right. it here first. Insights as a service. All right, let's let's use the acronym. Let's start hashtagging it. All right. <laughs> um, the next one I found very interesting. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has defined quote automatic telephone dialing systems or auto dialers in the Telephone Consumer Protection Act as a device which must have the capacity to generate numbers randomly or sequentially, and not merely just the ability to dial from a list. This is a big distinction. Yeah, this is a big deal. I was a telephone interviewer, and there's still a ton of telephone interviews going on. Um, and the automatic dialing systems, the auto dialers, are huge because you, you can save a ton of time. Um, what's unfortunate is that marketing research has always kind of fallen under marketing when when these laws are made. We, it's hard for the industry to kind of separate itself. You know, we're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to get people's opinions. And where marketers are trying to probably sell something. At least that's a distinction that, you know, it's pretty basic. But this will really help, I think, the call centers intended to counter a telemarketing tactic of calling every number in existence or in the phone book, including emergency lines and people's cell phones. Um, so, yeah, like the article says, new definition clears up decades of conflicting rules. So, that, I mean, this is great. So I'm happy for the telephone people of our industry. Yeah, this I, this is great for marketing research. Um, yep. It actually impacts another industry uh, yeah. where I was at in a previous life, um, the automatic messaging kind of alert type system. So yeah. think if you are, whether it's in a large business and you need to send out the alert of, hey, we're having a fire drill that sends out a text, a phone call, an email message down to your like local church or school sending out those alerts. Hey, not having school today. It's a snow day when you get those alerts. Those those organizations always fell under this as well, too, and there was always that yeah. big push. So this kind of helps them the same way it helps market research because you're dialing from a list. It does the auto-dialing, but it's from that list, so it doesn't qualify as an auto-dialer anymore, and I know that was a big issue in that industry. So yeah. this has wide-ranging impact. Absolutely, and it's not often you get a Supreme Court justice um, quoted in a marketing research article, but um, Sonia Sotomayor was quoted, who um, I think she's like my fourth or fifth favorite Supreme Court, current Supreme Court justice. Um, <laughs> I Are we love, ranking I'm, them now? Oh, absolutely. I am, I'm obsessed with the Supreme Court, by the way. I always have been. And, um, she, you know, she's, she's not as brash. I like people that like have really outspoken and she's kind of quiet. Um, 
you don't hear a lot of stories about her. Like I love the uh like Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she was like really good friends with Anton and Scalia. Mm-hmm. And they would go to like operas together. I mean they worked together for thirty probably thirty years. I don't know, close to it. And I just I like that bipartisanship. Well you shouldn't even call it bipartisanship because the Supreme Court shouldn't be a political entity. Um in some ways it is and clearly they have different views on how to interpret the constitution but they could go to the opera and we're best friends and i think that was amazing and then i'm fascinated by it because these are nine people that are you know doing a lot of tough decision making forever you have a lifetime appointment you're stuck with these eight other people forever it's really a weird situation so i listen to a lot of it and I read news articles when they speak and stuff like that. I don't know why we're on this tangent, but go Sonia Sonia Moore. This seems to be the tangent episode. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. again, not often that you get a Supreme Court justice uh, mentioning auto-dialing, but here we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad I, this is a big win for the market research industry, and I'm glad we got that. This helps out a lot of the, our phone brethren. Yes, absolutely. Uh, next story. Lucid has announced the Trade Desk is the first demand-side platform to provide clients its U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia with access to Lucid Brands Lyft Solution. Yeah, interesting. Um, nice, nice for that to happen. You know, it's, they say that the features can be used to measure the impact of digital campaigns on brand metrics using brand lift studies. Um, clients can set up surveys and view in in-flight brand lift reporting for most relevant brand metrics directly on the platform. So cool. I mean, again, this is like taking lots of data and um, insights as a service probably. It's another kind of step towards that. Yep. Yeah, I think this is a good piece too. Um, When they say in-flight, I assume they mean in-field. It's just someone used a thesaurus. Maybe that's what it is. If you in-flight, I don't know, like for a second, I'm like, huh. Is this a um, you know an airline tracker? Maybe it is, but it says in the flight brand lift, brand so. launch. I get the in flight if it's like a brand launch, you're launching off, taking off yeah. that kind of thing. So okay, yeah, we were actually. I'm surprised this one actually came about because this story came out today um, as we are recording. Normally, it comes out after we record. Oh yeah, um, and since we rescheduled the recording, this is the only reason we got to this <laughs> the story on the podcast. Yes, um, Pure Spectrum has acquired Instant Insights, a business yes. line spun out, spun out of Upwave, which is a marketing analytics company. Um, along with Pure Spectrum's marketplace, the newly branded Pure Spectrum Insights platform will give Pure Spectrum a complete end-to-end market research and insights offering. What do you think? Yeah. I like it. Um, Pure Spectrum making a lot of moves. Um, they got some funding recently, and I don't know if that came from this, but this Mike McCrary, who I'm a big fan of, Michael McCrary, our purpose is to make researchers' jobs easier. We strongly believe that this acquisition will help insights professionals make decisions more efficiently and faster than ever before. Um, so great addition for them. Um, I didn't know Upwave. I've forgotten that, that Servada, we probably talked about it when Servada rebranded itself as Upwave. And then I went to their website and I found their core values, which I really found cool. Um, Here's their core values. Are you ready for this? Yeah. First core value, unusually caring. 
I thought that was interesting. Celebrating others' milestones, goes out of your way to know your colleagues, respectful, blah, blah, blah. So they're, I don't know, the interesting core values, unusually caring, biased toward action, intellectual, not just intelligent, and upwave matters and play nice with others. So um, another tangent from the upwave team, a good move from Pure Spectrum. Um, interesting move. I want to joke saying that that – I forget. It was like seventeen million or something like that they got from funding. Yeah, it was probably like that, yeah. burning a hole in Mike's pocket. <laughs> yeah. But thinking about it more, it's probably they had a run of dominoes that needed yeah. to fall. They probably had this lined up, the funding lined up, and the other I forget what else they've had in the last couple of weeks, but all of them lined up. And as one went, they knew, all right, this one has to fall for this next one and next one. And all right, funding hit, we can able to do this now. Yes, probably led to it. It was probably all like, hey, we're going to do this as soon as that funding hits. We're good to go. Yeah. I I really like – no, it's a good point. I was just going to say that the – Chris Kelly, he's the Upwave CEO and founder. He stated, we were highly selective about who we wanted to own Instant Insights. Going forward, it was important for us to choose a company and team that would give us – give it the right home. We know Pure Spectrum will give it the focus and investment it deserves. That's a cool statement, right? When you acquire a portion of a company and you get that kind of comment from them. Um, So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That is all our news for today. We had a lot of news. Um, I'm glad we were able to get that last one in. Thank you, Mike, for launching that around noon today and not later in the afternoon and yeah. Ryan, it's a good thing we needed to reschedule for the afternoon to record this it worked out well um we appreciate everybody listening appreciate feedback and if you have any suggestions on topics or guests or anything let us know right right um all right well uh thanks for listening and have a great week everybody This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.